a word of warning. The following podcast contains spoilers, alcohol consumption, and careless babbling by two inebriated women. Please enjoy the show. Join your hosts, Kara and Tony, as they discuss the 1986 fantasy film, Labyrinth, and quench their thirst on today's feature cocktail, a peach bellini. The lounge is now open. Hey, Tony, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Assert Cinema Lounge. I'm Tony. And I'm Kara. And today we are back from our hiatus. It was a long hiatus. <laughs> so, yeah, we do uh, appreciate um, that it, all of you were so patient during our time off there. Our last episode was Thanks Killing. We wanted we're just. <laughs> I know I'm still talking about that. <laughs> so much fun. Um, but yeah, so like I said, thanks for the patience. Everybody um, is still very supportive. We have new followers on Instagram. Hello. Yes, and we want to know who you are. Um, so get, send us a message. You know, it, you can do it through email um, and also Facebook. And uh, we'd like to hear about, you know, what your thoughts are of the movies. So as usual, we always discuss what we've been watching, doing, drinking. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done this, so I'm sure Tony has something to talk about. <laughs> so have you been watching anything? I'm sure it's ghosty or something. Will we watch Ghost Story? Yes, for the next episode. Um, we watched it together, mm-hmm. and then we watched a skateboard movie. Oh, Yes. <laughs> We watched that on a plane. We were on an airplane, and uh, we watched uh, Thrashin. Oh, that's what it, yeah. Yes. The ch- had a, a young James Brolin in it. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers were in it, too. Yes. Josh that's... Brolin, not James Brolin. He like... looks so much like his dad. That's why it just makes it. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? What I have watched, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. And how did you like that? I did like it. Have you seen it yet? No, I saw the previews, yeah. but... Um, yeah, it is pretty good, so I recommend checking that out. It's it's very um, true to the original movie, so I, I like that. You know, same characters and the whole same setup. Um, that Ghostbusters movie with all the ladies in it, I I did oh, you not didn't care. Watch that one. I did not care for that one. <laughs> I've seen it. I just thought, meh. They're trying to really force the comedy in that. So yeah. So today we will. 
be talking about 1986 Labyrinth with yes. my favorite, David Bowie. Yes, this was a very, very good movie. Um, you know, kind of nostalgic. So what we're going to do, of course, as usual, we have uh, announcer guy give us all the lowdown of the film. Um, but our uh, cocktail for this one is going to be a sparkling peach bellini. Mm. I know, right? So let's just get things moving on. We are going to, um, let's let announcer guy give the rundown of the film. We're going to come back, talk a little bit about the cocktail, and then also we'll start talking about the film and the cast and a um, little bit of trivia. and Get our drink on. Get our drink on. All right, we will be back in just a few moments. Labyrinth is the coming-of-age tale of a teenage girl, Sarah, who tries to get out of babysitting her brother, Toby, by wishing him away to the land of the goblins. When Jareth, the goblin king, comes to collect little Toby, Sarah tries to deny her wish. Jareth gives her the opportunity to win Toby back, only if she can navigate her way through his treacherous labyrinth. Will Sarah be able to find her brother in time? Or will he become a permanent subject of the Goblin King? All right, we're back. Okay, so now we so have let's our taste this. cocktail. Yes, very, very good. Mmm. Mmm. Really, really peachy. <laughs> no ticks. No ticks. Um, th this is very simple. So simple. Um, usually I... I do things a little bit more involved, but basically all this is, is you've got a champagne flute, fill it with four tablespoons of peach nectar, a tablespoon of peach schnapps, and then top it off with a sparkling wine or um, champagne even you can use. Or my favorite, you can drink this out of a plastic souvenir cup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the reason why I chose this cocktail, um, because our movie entails a masquerade ball, which is um, what we'll talk more about, but it's a scene between our two main characters. So that's where our champagne comes in. So it's all sparkly and bubbly, very fancy pants. And then we have the peach, which is um, reflecting or kind of reminiscent of the peach that is given to our main character by David Bowie. He didn't Sarah. actually give it to her, but we'll get into that. But yeah, so that's that's kind of why I chose this drink. And Tony seems to like it a lot. She may even have more than one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let's start breaking things down a little bit. So we have Labyrinth from 1986. What is the genre of this film? Well, I'd say it's like the fantasy, adventure. It's a family film. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a even a, a, a little musical in there. Yeah. Because there are some. Of course, I'm, you have Davy Bowie. Davy. David Bowie. Davy, <laughs> like Marsha Brady. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. You know, it, it's it came in a time with like the dark crystal and all these kind of puppety, like, live action mm -hmm. kind of movies and I remember watching this and it not too bad because the 
Dark Crystal scared the crap out of me. Just it was a little more you yeah, know, intense. I, yeah. So this wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it, I like David Bowie better as an adult than I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. But maybe because he would, that Red Shoes song would play all the time and it, you know, on MTV. <laughs> the Red Shoes song. <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid. Yeah. And now you love it. Now I love it. Um, but I didn't realize, you know, after watching this, I mean, I knew he was in Labyrinth, but other movies as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I. A lot. In, uh, yeah, a and lot. A lot of TV shows. I mean, I remember the Bing Crosby little drummer boy. Yeah. A lot of music videos. But some of the, the notable films that I liked him in and, and have seen um, was 1983's The Hunger. Hmm. Have you seen that one? No. We may need to watch that one. Um, he plays a vampire with Catherine Deneuve. Oh. Susan Sarandon is also in that film. Wow. Um, but that premise is that he is the lover, vampire lover of another vampire, and he begins to age rapidly. So, um, and he's looking for a cure, but he's very good in that one. There was also another film in 1983, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which is more of like a, it's kind of like a wartime era film and um, kind of a classic movie, you know. I recommend that one as well. And then we have 1976's uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. So he plays an alien in that one. Which is so David Bowie. Well, in that time frame, too, yeah. you know, Ziggy Stardust and yeah. known for all those characters that he would play. And for some reason, the man. <laughs> the song, The Man Who Sold the World. Yes. You know, that just comes to my yeah my head. I love that song. And Starman. Oh, yes. yeah. So many classics. David Bowie plays Jareth. He is the Goblin King. And he rules Goblin City. And he has a huge labyrinth outside of the city to help keep people out of his city. I would think there's no people. I always thought there'd just be... There's puppets. Muppets or whatever (laughs) they are. There's no people. David Bowie's character is the only live action person. So, (laughs) and then uh, we have Jennifer Connelly. Uh, She has been in a ton of stuff. I mean, you can't even list them all. Her eyebrows would be so in right now. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. She's so so pretty. Even now, Mm. God, she's just gorgeous. And then, um, so she was in uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena. Love that movie. Very freaky and weird. Yeah. If you haven't seen that one, I recommend that one. And then, um, of course, The Rocketeer. Remember that. Yep. That was a pretty good movie. I It's been a long time since I've I seen that. I didn't know that she was in, uh, I guess I didn't think about, the new Top Gun. Yes. She's in that one. That one is not released yet. So which that one? Oh, we watched another movie together. What the heck was that one called? The we just watched it. Remember? What does it deal with? And Kelly Preston was or that wait was it Kelly Preston the chick from Top Gun? Oh, Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. I knew it was Kelly. Oh yeah, we watched the Innkeepers. The Innkeepers. Yeah. So I well, 
What do you think of that, Miss Ghosty Pants? <laughs> that was not scary. No, yeah. I kept trying to I figure mean, out got, what the hell was going on. <laughs> it's got good reviews and everything, but I don't. I think it was just all this talking and just people at a desk, and there was no real action or scares. Right. And it was. I'm in the dark. Yeah. So I, I, I knew. She, I thought she would like it because I hadn't seen it either at that time. Um, I thought, well, let's watch this movie. It's about I mean, it wasn't ghosts. the worst movie I've it seen. It wasn't. No. The effects, I guess, were okay. Right. Um, and, oh, and speaking of Jennifer Connelly um, and what she's done, I never knew this, but she was um, in the uh, Duran Duran music video for Union of the Snake. Union of the Snake. Oh, really? Yeah, but she's unaccredited. So now I have to find that video. Is she, like, dating one of them? Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> God, what was that? 84. So she was still young. She was a teenager. Oh, maybe that's why she's unaccredited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, our favorite, Toby. Toby. And red little striped pajamas will never be the same. Right. So this was the, um, his name was Toby in real life, Toby Froud. He was the son of Brian Froud, who did a lot of uh, conceptual artwork for this film as well as, you know, worked on Dark Crystal. So he was part of that whole Jim Henson group. So, and of course, the director of the film is Jim Henson. So we discussed a little bit about um, the characters, which we know David Bowie plays Jareth, the Goblin King. Sarah plays our other main character, Sarah. Jennifer Connelly plays Sarah. Um, so she's just like a, a teenage girl. She lives with her father and stepmother, and she's really into, like, fantasy and almost to where she's she wants to live that mm -hmm. like she's in her head a lot with this um, these things she reads this book called Labyrinth and she dresses up in you know costumes and she goes out on her own and that's where we see her in the beginning of the film and it's kind of like in the middle of becoming a woman I mean, you know she's like a child it's that in between age you know fantasy right. where you believe still believe in stuff right her stepmother says I think you should start dating so I'm thinking she's not like 12 right she's probably like 15 and why are you gonna tell somebody I think you need to start dating I don't know yeah that that's <laughs> so you a can get weird. married and get out of here right so we have Sarah and Jareth and then we also have um Hoggle, Hoggle. So Hoggle is just like this little, I don't know what you want to call it, like a. He's a puppet. A puppet. He but is. But he's like a. Little a, man. A goblin. Goblin like man. A... Yes. I think he's got to be like a goblinish man. I kept thinking like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he likes to collect jewelry. 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 And uh, he's also kind of, uh, well, I think all of the goblins that live there, Jareth has you know, control of them. So he makes them do his bidding. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong. Right. And, and then the best character, my favorite Sir Didymus, Sir Didymus. And he's basically, he's another puppet or Muppet. Um, <laughs> cute he's, little teeth and little mustache. Yeah, he's a little dog, like a Fox Terrier or kind of a Yorkie. Um, yes. He's so cute. And he's like this, like I'm super brave. I'm a knight and you know, he's ready to fight. Yes, he, he talks very, loud and very brave and courageous. Yeah. And and um, he he has a valiant steed that's actually a sheep dog. Oh, it's so named Ambrosius. Cute. So yes. he, he rides the dog like on a saddle. 
<laughs> and he's like, Ambrosius. Yeah, Ambro- he's always yelling at Ambrosius. To the castle. Yeah. <laughs> Ambrosius is like a, a scaredy cat. Like he's always hiding yeah. and when the going gets tough. And then uh, we have Ludo, and I like Ludo. Yeah. He's just like this big hulking kind of like beastie guy, and he's got a real soft heart, and he talks like this. And, you know, he's just very, very sweet. So um, those that's our list of characters. That's just the main characters. And um, so our film opens up, like I said, with Jennifer Connelly, and she is a... Um, She's out in the park somewhere and she's just playing, um, reading from this labyrinth book and acting out the scenes. And she has problems remembering some of the lines. And then it starts to rain and she remembers that she's going to be late for something because it's seven o'clock. So we don't know what, what it is. So she's got her dog, which is the sheep dog. <laughs> so a lot of things that are in Sarah's real life are mimicked. following yeah. get mimicked in the um the the labyrinth life I don't know whatever we call it that so it comes to find out that she was supposed to be home and um babysit her baby brother because her parents were going out <laughs> so she comes home and her stepmother starts not yelling at her but basically because she doesn't want to be the bad guy with her just like you know we don't go out very often and you know you were supposed to be here and and she's very like childlike throws little temper tantrums and my life just sucks because of you you know runs upstairs slams her door and all this and jumps on her bed and you know so stepmom tells her dad and the dad's like I'll talk to her yeah right he didn't talk to her no and so there's some uh, a lot of friction. And I think it's because of how childish she acts. She ha- she doesn't, you can already tell, she doesn't want to accept responsibility for anything. She just acts like a spoiled brat, you know. And um, she's always saying, it's not fair. Things are not fair. She says this numerous times. And uh, even Jareth kind of, you know, says something to her about that. <laughs> So she does not like the fact she's got to, you know, watch Toby. And Toby's crying in the crib. Storming outside. Yes. And so then she basically wants the goblin to keep. She's reliving this. And the little guys are on the side like, say it. Yeah. Say it. So she wishes him into goblin land or wants the goblin king to take him away. Yeah. So she doesn't have to deal with it. She puts Toby down and she says it because he starts crying. Uh, more crying. I was getting annoyed. And um, <laughs> and so then he's quiet. She like shuts the light off, starts to close the door, and then he's quiet abruptly. So she goes over there and she's like, Toby? This is the best, one of the best parts of yes. the beginning. She um, turns the light on. And then there's an owl outside. The owl was actually at the park that she was at. Big white owl. And the owl comes through the door and we find out it's Jareth, <laughs> the Goblin King. He has taken form of an owl. And so then she starts to beg him like she didn't mean it. Um, she takes it back. 
And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, what's said is said. He begins to tell her that if she really, really wants him back, she will have to come find him and go through his labyrinth. And then they walk through the through the window of the, and then they're in now, they're in the that land. The land. Land of labyrinth. That's what I'm trying Goblin to. Goblin world. St- I'm struggling here. So, but, but apparently he gives her 13 hours. And yeah, they have that clock. And yes. Yeah. 13 hours to find him. And if she doesn't, then he's hurt. Toby is the Goblin Kings and he will be turned into a goblin. Is this how the citizens of Goblin City? <laughs> I was wondering if those have all been turned into yeah. goblins. Yeah, kids. That that's what I kept thinking. Like, does he do this all the time? But anyway, <laughs> right. So she's like, "Piece of cake." Oh yeah, that yeah. She says these little things, you know, that come back to haunt her. Like she shouldn't say these things, um, because Jared takes it like you know, ah, you know, which right. we'll get to. So she now she is uh, in the Goblin City, and Jareth um, has gone. He just kind of disappeared. And she could see the castle like far away. Yes, and the maze, yes. the labyrinth leading. It's it's almost like when you're in Vegas and you see a <laughs> casino and you're like, oh, I can walk to that. But then three days later, you're still walking <laughs> to that same casino. <laughs> it's exactly what it reminds me of. Um, so she goes into what's called the stone corridor. So she goes in there and that's the beginning of the labyrinth. So she has to decide which way she's going to go. So she starts walking. Now, my husband said in any type of maze, you always stay to the right. Is that true? I don't know. Oh, I've never thought. Is this an unspoken thing? Like she did go right in the beginning. She did. And she's walking and walking and walking and it's endless. And she's like, this is not, this is going nowhere. And she gets mad very easily and frustrated. And then she meets this little tiny worm with this little (laughs) crazy hair, (laughs) little Muppet. (laughs) She's like, I can't get out of here. And he goes, well, why don't you just go through the wall there? It's an opening. And she's like, what opening? But then the little worm is like, come and meet my wife, you know, come and have, stay with them for a little while and visit. Distraction. Yes. And I think that whole thing is Jareth distracting her from making any progress, but she ignores him, the little worm. And she does go through. She goes through that wall and then she starts making her way farther. So as she, um, is going through, um, the stone maze. Well, she meets Hoggle. She meets Hoggle. You know, before, right before she goes into that maze. I did forget that, that first meeting of Hoggle. And he's no help. He, you know, he doesn't care about whatever she wants to do. He's like kind of talking in circles. Like. Yes. Kind of riddles and everything. He, he doesn't care. And that's her first meeting of him. And then she goes into the stone corridor and meets the little worm guy. And so she's walking and she's, you know, going through this the first part of the maze and then um she ends up falling now did she meet hoggle again before the oubliette yeah 
Because she needed help. Yes. So she he keeps popping up. And and really, he keeps popping up in the beginning to be this distraction because she keeps moving forward. So Jareth is always trying to provide these distractions to tell her, oh, it's too hard. You should just turn back, you know, things like that. So she ends up falling into this, like, hole. It's like a well, I think, or something. But that is the um, the shaft of hands. She gets caught. All those hands are holding her. And they're making all these, like, they're talking to her. But the hands make, they all come together and make faces. Yeah. And they, like, talk. So they and tell I'm, her, you can go up or you can go down. Because it's just this this big, long shaft she fell down and these hands are holding her. And so she's like, I want to go down. So then they're, la- they're laughing and, and they, ha they let her go. go. <laughs> Right. And then, so then, then she falls into what's called the oubliette. <laughs> and um, so basically, this would be a, a place, it's like a, a room, a dungeon-type room, where Jareth kind of lets his his enemies or whatever just And he's like, you're not trying to help her, are you? Right, because then Hoggle appears again. Yeah. And he says that, he will help her out of there. She actually says that if he helps her out of there, he she will give him a bracelet. Because remember, he is very um, interested. He's really interested in jewelry. And my I thought it was very funny because he's excited that her bracelet is made with plastic. It's plastic. And he's like, oh, plastic. Yeah. Not gold, not silver. Plastic. <laughs> well, I got a lot of things for him. <laughs> Oh, those Walmart specials. <laughs> so they end up making it out. He just like opens a door. And did, okay. Yeah, they open the door, but then they cut to like Jareth and the musical part. Yes. And so we have to like, do these interludes. Yes. And the, there's this word saying dance, magic dance, which growing up, I thought it was dance, baby dance, because they were throwing the baby and passing them off to the other goblins. Right. And I just thought, oh, wait a minute. They're saying <laughs> something completely different. <laughs> but yeah. I, you know, I wondered, like, you know, to work with a baby, because at some points you could tell, like, they had him, like, harnessed or something, because these little goblin kit things, right. you know, the way they were yeah. throwing them around and stuff. Well, and you know, the the baby, like, you, it's so hard to work with little kids, especially at that age. Yeah. The baby would never stop crying. And so... And look in the right spot right. at the right time. And so David Bowie had him a lot of the time holding him. Yeah. And so they kind of gave David Bowie a hand puppet to hold out a frame. <laughs> and so that's why sometimes you look and he's staring... Yeah. You know, in that direction to kind of keep him from crying and, you know. Aww. So. Such a sensitive side. <laughs> now, what did you think of this particular song? Oh, it was good. It was catchy and yeah. fun. And obviously looking at all the weird looking goblin yeah. things and stuff. And, you know, and at this point they keep showing the time. Yes, because you know, the time's ticking down. 
and then um I thought it looked like David Bowie was on an episode of the Muppet show yes. sometimes the way that he was framed with all the puppets and I'm like it looks like an episode of the Muppet show right <laughs> but and that um, hair let's talk about that hair oh, yes now <laughs> what do you think of the hair oh I thought it was edgy for the time it was edgy for the time and it was fashioned oh um as the same kind of reminiscent of Kaja Gugu hair because his hair was like that yeah the singer Kaja Gugu maybe he's singing the song yeah uh, you want me to sing yeah that? like let them know who this is Kaja Gugu did this song to shy 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 hush, shy, hush. shy, shy. <laughs> that's all I had on but yeah, his hair was very PC. When you said, who's Kaja Gugu? I was like, I don't know. But then you sang the song and I'm like, oh. I know who Kaja Gugu was. <laughs> I'm a little younger. Shut up. <laughs> so anyway. So Hoggle and Sarah make it out of that oubliette. And um, now they're in the underground passages that are, you know, and very strange and dark and they're just kind of walking through and they see this old man this beggar person and kind of cloaked and sitting in the corner in the dark and it turns out to be Jared oh big surprise yes and so this is where she says he because he's like how are you doing and you know and she's like it's a piece of cake and he's like oh so then he changes the time so now she's got less time yeah and she says it's not fair. And he's like, you keep saying that. (laughs) (laughs) So then she starts to make her way out because now they're going up to the surface. And Jareth stops Hoggle and says, you're not helping her, are you? And, you know, he's referencing her, uh, his uh, little bag of jewelry. (laughs) And he says to him, if you defy me, you know, he's going to, um, send him to the bog of stench, stench. or whatever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, forever. And so he's like, no, you know. And then he hands him a peach, and he says, make sure she eats this. Dun, dun, dun. Right. So then he goes up to meet with Sarah. Hoggle does. And he's very distraught. Like, he doesn't know right. what the right thing to do is. Right. Because he likes her. He likes her. And they had talked, and she had talked about Oh, Hoggle, you're my friend, you know, because he had been there a few times. Talk, you know, yes. talk to him like a friend, not right. You're, what are you going to do for me? And you need to you know, boss him around. Right. So and I find it interesting, too. I don't know if you've ever noticed as they're making their way through all these places. A lot of the rocks and things are David Bowie's face. Uh, I didn't notice that. You didn't notice that? Yeah. I guess now I have to look at that. (laughs) Yes. So you can see like the way they have the rocks lined up. You can see it. They're his face. His face is on the wall. So it's just kind of like him. It makes you feel like that's him. He's there all the time. watching. Yes. Yeah. He's there all the time. Um, So then they get out of the underground passage. And now they're going to go into this um, hedge maze even though again Hoggle leaves her he's always coming and going Yeah, and I think it's because he you know doesn't want to get too close so and also to show that he's not really helping her right he's not so then um, 
they go into this the hedge or she goes into this hedge maze maze and um and she sees like these guys there's like guards guards and they have these like weird little bitey um creatures on sticks yeah and they're biting him. yeah and they're biting ludo which we find out is ludo he's that big beastie guy and he's crying and they've got him tied up upside down in a tree and so sarah sees this and she's like what so she scares them off chases Picks up those them rocks away. and hits them yes with it. And then she ties Ludo, gets Ludo down, and she's telling him, oh, you're such a nice beast. And, you know, he's so cute the way he talks. I just always like the way he talks, you know. Um, and then they start making their way through um, the hedge maze, and they come to two tours. <laughs> Which is funny, because it has the ring in the mouth, the yep. ring in the nose. Yes. One of them. Each of them have something. And they take the... the the knocker, the the ring out of the one's mouth. And then, so she's talking to the doors because they have these faces on there and they're talking to her. She's explaining to them like she has to get, go through the, one of these doors, which short door do I go through and how do I do with this? And then they, then they pan over to Hoggle and Hoggle's got the ring in his mouth. <laughs> and then she takes the ring out and she goes to put oh, it you in. you mean that, Ludo? Ludo. Did they say Hoggle? Yeah. I meant Ludo, sorry. Hoggle is gone by this time. Um, so Ludo has the ring in his mouth and then she goes to put the ring back into the, um, door knocker's mouth and he does it. He's like, Oh no. <laughs> and, know. and so then Sarah plugs the nose of that door knocker <laughs> and shoves the ring back in there. And then that's the, the door she goes through. She has to use the knocker to get in there. And so they go into another scenario, another land there are all these different areas they're so different from each other uh different landscapes sometimes in buildings and dungeons and now they're going into this forest it's called the fiery forest is this where those weird ass yes. chicken things yeah. are i was like what the heck they were so weird and creepy these these muppet creatures and they, they danced they danced. and you could tell it was like a blue screen or yes. a green screen <laughs> yes and they could, they were taking their heads off of yeah. each other and their hands and throwing yeah. them around. And then they were going to Sarah like, let's take your head off. And she's like screaming. And I thought for like little kids, I thought that was a little, you know, yeah. a little weird, you know, especially for the time. They're Nowadays, like big red chickens. Yeah, they yeah. were like weird red chickens. And they were called the Fireys. Hoggle ends up helping her. Yes, he, he appears again. He, whenever things get dire, Hoggle appears. Yeah. So then um, he helps them, and then they, you know, they're talking, and then the fireys are gone, and then they're moving into the next. Which isn't the best because it stinks. Right. The bog the of bog eternal of eter- stench. And the water in the bog is farting. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the sounds are so loud. I'm like, oh it's my like gosh. Farts. Yes. Yeah. And then Ludo cracks me up because he's always like, smell. Yeah. <laughs> he's always talking about how it smells. And this is where all the bad people or goblins go. Jareth sends them to. Yes. Um, and what does Hoggle say? Don't get any of this on you from the bog. You'll stink for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then 
they need to get across the bog. Yes. And so there, there's this little bridge that is guarded by the cutest, deadliest, <laughs> little, I mean, not little, you know. In his mind, he's not little. Sir Didymus. Yes. And one of my favorite characters because he's so ambrosia. cute. Ambrosia. And Ambrosia, right? Ambrosius, yeah. Ambrosius. Um, but then, in, just to make a long story short for time, they become friends and he helps them across and he gets across and mm-hmm. helps them. And he joins the group for to get to the castle. So our, now we have our complete group. It's kind of like a little Wizard of Oz ish. Yes. That's, yeah. We'll talk more about that during the little trivia there. I think yeah. when we talk. So now they are in the enchanted forest is the next up. Yes. And now they're complaining of hunger during, you know, this part of the adventure. They've gone all day and they haven't eaten anything all day. Hoggle is there and he's got the peach. Dun, dun, dun. And he's just like, oh. So he basically gives it to her and she's so excited. And he's just like walks away he gets out of there and he feels really really bad like she's gonna hate me or you know right she takes a bite of it and she says this tastes strange and she's like hoggle what have you done then she starts you know getting woozy because this this peach what it does is it makes it's meant to make her forget why she's there jareth is kind of putting a spell on her so she kind of and then this is where our favorite scene is the ball. <laughs> yeah. So if you, she's transported into one of the spheres. It's like a song too. Sometimes. Yes, and I I love that song, under the world or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but I do love that one. And that David Bowie wrote that song. But they're dancing or like they're across the way, and it's a kind of. It's almost. It's and I hate to say uncomfortable because he she's like a young girl yes. and. and like an attractions going on yes. or something. Yes. And there's no Muppets. Yeah, they're like all real all people. All humans. And all of these people, if you noticed, it's very sexual. Yeah. The masks have the long noses and one lady was stroking it. And they're all like very close. So obviously he's he's seducing her. But this scene was supposed to be even more sexualized. Oh. Um but can you imagine? I don't know like, if I would have been able and to... dialogue between them two. Uh, but I, yeah, it would be a very, very different. When we get to this scene, I'm thinking, does he really like her? Like, is he really into her? You know, this is where you start thinking, does he yeah. love her? Because when she runs away from him, she sees the clock, and yeah. that's what snaps her back. Like, I got to get back to my quest, you know. And, and then she runs yeah. away, and he, the look on his face is almost like disappointment like he was really wanting to just bring her in yeah and And he seems to be maybe a guy that gets what he wants yes (laughs) oh yeah you can tell (laughs) um so then she takes a chair and she breaks her way out of the sphere and she floats down and she does not remember why she's there 
It's so crazy because I want to say like the dialogue or the song, like it's on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) But then she remembers she needs to rescue Toby. Because what happens is, remember after the ballroom scene, now she meets up with this junk lady who's also a Muppet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And very, very aggressive, I think. She's like, I want to bring you here. I want to show you something. And this is a nice place for you. And they go inside this building and the door opens and it's her bedroom. It's Sarah's bedroom with all the things, all her dolls and everything that she likes. And and so she's kind of like something doesn't seem right. right. And the whole time that this little junk lady is just talking and talking and talking. And finally she remembers that she's got to rescue Toby. And, Toby. and so then the room just breaks apart because it was all a facade. Yeah, so then she runs and um, ends up meeting up again with uh, her friends. And this is when they're going into Goblin City now because they've made it through the labyrinth. And right. Jareth still can't believe she's the only person who has ever made it through this labyrinth. So he's also pissed, you know. Right. <laughs> and so... So now they're going into the Goblin City. And do you remember this scene? I do. Yes. Because then he got all the other little goblins to come yes. to the ca- out of the castle to... Like a goblin kick army. Kick their ass. Yeah. Right. Keep t- kick their ass. <laughs> and so they're running around. And, and Sir Didymus is, 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 is on uh, yeah. his dog, his faithful steed, if you want to say. Ambrosius. <laughs> and so then... Um, they all go inside of a building to hide out, and they're trying to break in. Right, they're and, like all over. Yes, they're 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 gonna destroy the building, and then Ludo climbs up to the top and pushes the roof off the building. And then doesn't he go? Oh, yes. And all the rocks come. Yes, because okay. he's <laughs> because Sarah says Ludo call the rocks because Ludo has the power of calling rocks. Rocks are friends. Yes. Um, oh, that's what they did in the bog, and that's how they got across. Sorry. <laughs> that's right, yes. Because we'll just go back to the bog real quick. The bridge breaks, and they're trying to get across, and Sarah is, of course, hanging by the tree limb that she was able to. <laughs> and he calls the rocks, and the rocks come, and she can walk through. They all walk across the bog from the rocks. Even... Ambrosius. Yes. And I'm thinking they're going to have to throw them shoes out. I thought, yeah, they would stink. Yeah. So, so that's what happened. Yeah. So here comes all the rocks in the city and it's like, you know, knocking people over and everything. And so finally, it's like, obviously, the group has won. So they stop it. They run into the castle. She says that she has to do this alone. We're starting to see, and, and that that's kind of like what happened with when she was with the junk lady. You realize she's made a little bit of a transition. She's kind of grown up a little bit. You know, she's taking responsibility. You yeah. know, she's not really a little girl anymore. And that's a whole nother thing with, you see, Jareth was, you know, seducing her. Okay, wait. We, we really missed a big, big spot. So let's pause this. Let's take a tiny, tiny little trip back to the... Wayne's World. There's a, there's a main character in this film that we have not talked about. And what would that be, Kara? 
I'm not going to say it. Jareth's bulge <laughs> in his pants. I was trying not to look at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find him sexy or... No. Although I... I I but thought he. Do you think it was real? No, it was not real. It no, it was not real. It was an intentional. Oh, okay. Thing because she's she's kind of in the, she's in in the transition from girl to womanhood, and that's another way to sexualize things. Yes, but oh my god, because there were some scenes where Hoggle was like really close to it because Hoggle <laughs> is small and his face was next to David Bowie's crotch and that thing was almost touching it. And I that thought, would have been a whole nother movie. <laughs> what the heck? But yeah, they could make like a, well, there was a sequel to this movie, but they could make another one like Jareth Bulge or whatever. Part one. Part one. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so I just... It, that just popped into my head. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I, everybody. I didn't want to talk about his bulge. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like comically, it was comical. Yes. It was so big. Because David Bowie himself was a very thin man. Like yes. he wasn't a big man. No. So it kind of stuck out. <laughs> it stuck out a lot. It was like, it was, I don't know. Okay, so I want to know who whittled together that piece of the costume. <laughs> Probably the same one that did the Pam and Tommy. <laughs> did you see that? By no. The way? Okay. So and okay. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So we had to talk about that because that's a that's a main. And thing this there. is like okay. So obviously it's coming to the end of the story, mm-hmm. and but this is the part of the show that I really like. So she's trying to find Toby. And then Toby's like upside down, crawling all over, and and the stairs, the 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 Escher yes paintings. I don't know if you're familiar with that, with all the stairs that are all you know in different ways and everything. So she's running around, and then I really love the song that that David Bowie sings in this. I don't remember the name of it either. <laughs> How many cocktails have you had? <laughs> we did have free cocktails. <laughs> um, and I just keep thinking. <laughs> Thinking of the man who sold the world. <laughs> yeah. I really did not prepare well for the song part of this, did I? Mm. Anyway. Maybe announcer guy can sing a couple tunes for us. You know what? Let's ask announcer guy. He's going to tell you all the songs. <laughs> He's going to love me for doing this. He's going to be like, Ugh. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have him do a song list at the end of this <laughs> thing, okay? So that way, you know. And um, I wish I could play them because, but you can't because copyright. I would hope the Ugh. listeners have watched this I'm, movie. I'm sure you have, everybody. I'm and sure. if you haven't, then watch for the music. So, so the big reveal at the end. What happens at the end? Oh, I'm, big reveal! I'm, I'm, I'm like, what? You. David Bowie's bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball size bolt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. She's just running up and down these stairs, and Toby's crawling around. And Toby, yeah, that's, she's screaming I, Toby sorry, like every those two red seconds. striped pajamas and that Toby. Yeah, that's what we remember the most about the movie. Yeah, and then she makes a decision. She comes up to an end of a of a stairway, and Toby is like behind, you know, like at the bottom there. So she also another growing up thing, and 
she jumps off of it. You know, she's going to do whatever she needs to do to save Toby. So she jumps off of it, and then Jareth is there. Basically, he tells her that he wants her to stay there with him. This is another thing. Like, what is his real feeling? I don't understand. Um, Is it all a lie? Is he all just trying to keep her there and turn her into a goblin? Or has he never seen a woman? Right. Only goblins? Right. Well, with that bulge, (laughs) I don't know what would be going on in the puppet world. But... (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so she starts... Um, saying the lines from the Book of Labyrinth yes, to dispel Jareth. And so I like the part that he's just saying all these things to her, you know, and she's, she's saying the lines like over him. And then she can't remember that line again. Like she always had trouble of that. And so she's like, what is the line? What, I, why can't I remember? The whole time he's telling her, I need you to stay here. And then he says, love me, obey me, I will be your slave forever. And then she remembers it. And then she says the line. And then he just like, ah, fudge. You know, he just like, and then the, the uh, spell is like. You have no like, power over me. Yes. Maybe that was in the ballroom. <laughs> no, she, no, she did say that. You have no power. She, it's like she realizes that you have no power over me. Right. And then that's when the look on his face is like, ah, crap. And then the spell is like broken. Right. So then she's back in her room and Toby's in bed sleeping. Toby. So, and if, if you kind of look around the room, um, you're going to notice some things that tie into this. Um, she has all the little characters, like all her little, you know, yeah. friends, even a Jareth doll and, She's got a picture because of her mother. So it looks like that her, from, you know, if you read some of the, the trivia, her mother was is an actress and she doesn't live with her, of course. She lives with her dad and stepmom. But there's a picture of her mom and David Bowie. Like she worked with him. So there's a whole underlining Like was thing this real? About, yeah, like why did she choose like was this just like a dream to her a dream world right something happened and if it was a dream why did she choose david bowie to be the man to be the goblin king so there's a whole weird thing like her mom um you know is dating and it's probably a guy that just looks like david bowie or whatever but but so yeah so um, there's books in the in her room, The Wizard of Oz. Um, I just saw the Ludo and the Huggle, like <laughs> they appear in her win- her mirror. Yeah, like, and she's like, and he's like, call us whenever you need or, us. It's just Huggle, and he's like, I have to say goodbye, or I wanted yeah. to say goodbye, and and then she's like, Oh, Huggle, I'll always need you. And then why didn't you say so? And then the big party happens with all yeah. the Muppets, even those fireys are there and yeah. she's jumping around and they're all dancing. And I'm like, what the heck's happening? And then because, of course, the, mom and dad were home at that point, right? No, not yet. Okay. She's having a little dance party with the puppets. And then um, the owl flies away. Yes. So he was like looking in the window. God dang it. If I wasn't such a <laughs> bulge wasn't so big. 
gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. <clears throat> so, what did you, okay, what did you, what was your thoughts of the film? Like, I know you've seen this probably when you were younger. And I've watched it, like, yeah. as an adult and so, to prepare. Did you um, like it? I did. You know, it, it's more like nostalgia. Of yeah. course, like, the never-ending story and, the, you know, fantasy-type right. movies. Um, yeah. Dark Crystal, it, you know, reminds... All those Jim Henson yeah. things-esque. I love the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Gelfling, please make peace. Oh, God! I love it. It scares the hell out of me now. <laughs> um, you know, a favorite mo- moments I had of this movie, even though it was the craziest, was um, seeing, you know, David Bowie, I mean, as a, talking and as a character. Yeah. Um, those fireys were the weirdest what the WTF moment for me. <laughs> um, and even... Goblins need love, and you know, and <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot watching this movie. <laughs> and the music was good, so yeah, listen to announcer guy. Yes, and I'm uh, sure you don't want us singing the songs too, right? You know, anyway, and you notice like one of the trivia things is um, David Bowie had he had like a cane, uh-huh. and that was like to represent his microphone. Is that what they said? Yeah, that's what they said. Uh, Part of his costume. This is is my microphone. (laughs) Dance, magic dance. (laughs) (laughs) What did he say? This is my microphone. This is my bulge. (laughs) Stick it out. Yeah. Even white boys got it. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out, puppet faces. (laughs) I'm coming through. <laughs> if you're over four feet tall, watch out. <laughs> or under four feet tall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> but um, so um, Jareth is always like juggling these crystal balls. <laughs> <laughs> More balls. <laughs> That's why that bulge is so. Big. Why can't we just tie and title this episode? Jared's bul- bulge balls, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but it, yeah, so he's always like juggling these, and David Bowie did not do any of that, which I didn't know that. Yeah, I know because it looks like him. But um, there was a a guy. Um, his name was Michael Motion, M O S C H E N, and. He was like a you know an accomplished juggler, so he would like crouch behind David Bowie and put his arms in place of his and do all the the juggling. And he did it without any video monitors or anything. He did it blindly. Uh Um, If you don't have the DVD to watch extras of this, you can actually watch it on YouTube. They have have some behind the scenes um, video on YouTube. So search for that. It's interesting. I do have a little something something. Uh Uh-oh. Which I thought was interesting. Um, but besides David Bowie, Michael Jackson, Ugh. Sting, and Mick Jagger were <laughs> in early considerations for the part of Jareth. Um, um, Jim Henson wrote the script around Bowie and met up with him over two years before he agreed to take the part. Uh, David Bowie agreed to take the role after seeing the Dark Crystal and... Brian Froud's conceptual artwork, which 
That makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. Um, interesting, though. Well, a lot of the actresses that are now kind of well-known um, had auditioned for the part of Sarah. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so we had, like, um, Mia Sarah was one of them. Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Mia Sarah was in Legend yes. with Tom Cruise. Which would have been a little awkward, like, oh, I can only do fantasy film, uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> Legend is pretty good. Have you seen that one? I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't, Tim Curry's, like, makeup was But another phenomenal. one, which I'm surprised, because you said about Sarah Jessica Parker, was... Um, Ali Sheedy and Helena Barnum Carter, mm-hmm. famous from like Harry Potter and Tim Burton, Tim Burton films. films. Yeah, because she's know. married to him. But yeah, just kind of crazy how um, you know you, you see like Jennifer Connelly. I think that was perfect. Like she was yeah. a perfect Sarah. Yeah, and uh, I even, couldn't imagine you know, any of those others right. in there. Exactly. Um, the plot of this film. Is very similar to Maurice Sendak's book out there over there, um, and there are some some references to where the wild things are. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, okay. And apparently, he was not happy with Jim Henson doing this, kind of taking liberty with his storyline. Right. And so, his lawyers contacted Henson and was like you need to not do this but um he didn't no he didn't he didn't scrap it he kept on with it but i it, it, you'll notice that in the credits he does acknowledge oh so him. he made a few bucks yeah of the bucks they didn't make right <laughs> right and uh i still can't get over like those other guys playing jareth well and you know it's funny because i, I they probably didn't do michael jackson because of obviously the whiz yeah you know that was in the works or already out by then right and it's kind of the same I think prince was also in in talks in talks too i mean just to see their you know and then sting i have no idea what the hell sting would be doing i didn't know he was acting like yeah you know yeah oh yeah he was in um the bride about this time yeah. Um, I, the bright Jagger, uh, just no. I'm not a big. I mean, I'm not. Could a you big... see any of these people with that hair on? No. Or would <laughs> they even have that hair? Maybe they would have done different yeah. hair. But okay, come on, be honest. Would you want to see a bulge on any of them? <laughs> <laughs> like no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, here's Mick Jagger, 80 years old, still producing kids and things oh, like that. Oh lord. I mean. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my goodness! And George Lucas was a pro- executive producer on this film. Oh, but he was, um, you know, kind of quiet during the um, publicity and everything because he wanted Jim Hansen to be, yeah, sole. You know that that was his project, his movie, right. his, and yeah. it kind of started the wave of all those. Well, obviously this one, The Dark Crystal, those mm-hmm. kinds for the Jim Hunt- Henson um, production, like right. how they did. All the other, after that, yeah. all the other ones yeah. chose. And Roger Ebert did a, a review or a critique of the, you know, of this film the same year. And I remember reading that he felt like what the film did well was that 
when the humans go to the puppet world, it works better. Yeah. Than instead of the Muppets, where they go to the human world. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that he felt like that that doesn't work as well as the opposite. I, he didn't really give it a great review because this this movie did not do well. Right. It made back only half of its money. I think that it was. Um, Which I mean, I still think about even to this day because it's streaming on Netflix. You know, it's still around. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, been forgotten. No, it's it, that. Who could forget that bulge? <laughs> Um, but that's what the, I mean, this one here is another classic example of a cult film, right? You know, it's budget was 25 million. It, it barely made half of that back, but people talk about it. They remember it from their childhood. Right. Like, you know, I mean, we didn't see this at the movies. No, we, you know, didn't. we didn't do that type of thing. No. And anybody I know have seen this movie, mm-hmm. whether obviously VHS or DVD or right. Um, TV, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, so you think about like overall, it had to make it back by now. <laughs> oh, yeah. The video sales were just, yeah. yeah all of the, the video sales, as, rental, yeah. they've made, they've made tons of money. But it's just, that's not what you're, you know, graded on. <laughs> no. You want to make your money back quickly, you right. know. Um, but, yeah. And you know that they thought that this film would do better. Than the Dark Crystal, and Dark Crystal did pretty good. It was scary as hell as a little kid <laughs> because they thought that this film had live actors. That, like, oh yeah, yeah. They thought it well, wasn't all goblins, is... and David Bowie was a big and David star. David Bowie, right? And David Bowie was drawn to the project because he had seen Dark Crystal, and he's like, "That's pretty awesome." I, you know, I, and he had been wanting to do a children's type film for a while. I mean, he, Ziggy Stardust did have children, but. <laughs> I, I don't know what his thought process was when they were like, yes, this is a family-friendly picture. We're putting this bulge on you. <laughs> it represents you want to be with her. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they said. Right. But, um, and um, so, like I said, you know, it was had a $25 million budget. It only made back half. The film opened uh, in the U.S. on December 27th in 1986. And um, a few other films that opened the same day. So what it was running up against was... Which, if I... Ruthless ruthless People, American Anthem, and Running Scared. So if some dude was like, hey, Tony, I'm going to take you to the movies. We got Labyrinth, Ruthless People, American Anthem, Running Scared, or Karate Tid... (laughs) Karate Kid came out last week. Yeah, you'd like, go see Karate Kid yeah, too. Yeah, like, let's go see Karate Kid too. Yeah, can't wait to see what happened to Date or Ralph Macchio. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, just recently I I binge watched uh, Cobra Kai four season four. <laughs> Have you watched any of that? I've watched a few of season four. I like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. I hate to say it, but it makes you love Johnny Lawrence, and I hated oh, him. Oh like, gosh, it, I know. Back in the I day. love him, <laughs> and I think he's, he's just um, misunderstood. I think he's better looking now than he was back then. He was just a little punk kid. Yeah, now yeah. he's a man. <laughs> yeah, we should do like a Karate Kid movie. I we, we I think we need to revisit Thrashin though for the show. It is on the list. You know, maybe we should do Thrashin because. We may have, you know, 
I, I remember when we were watching the show, <laughs> there was a lot of moments we were like, what the hell? What, where right. did they do this? Why are they Where's these parents at? Yeah. How, wait, or are they out of school? How did they get a house? Yeah. Why? How do they afford to live there? I know. <laughs> so I think we should uh, we should set up a, a show, like pick a date and do that show. Okay. So. I, you know, I thought I was gonna be a skateboarder. I know, right? <laughs> last call. All right. So it's last call. So it's uh, our last ding, few ding, moments. Ding, ding. Okay. <laughs> So I would watch this film again. I would uh, recommend it uh, for nostalgic purposes. I don't know if children nowadays would be into it as much. I don't know. What do you think? There's so many distractions. Maybe my 16-year-old watched 10 minutes of it and walked away. So, yeah. But thought, oh, this, what's this? Yeah. You know. So I, I think know. it's nostalgia, but then also I feel like it's it's still kind of cool. Yeah. Um. And also, I mean, when you say David Bowie, I mean, even though he's not with us anymore, you know, you want to watch that. Right. And I think that he, he was uh, he was right for the part just because of his whole persona. Um, it's shockingly good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, for somebody that's not an actor. But I guess that makes sense because he had characters anyway. To and his. Well, yeah, he did characters. <laughs> but I like like how, he, you know, just. A lot of his acting was just looking. Yeah. You know, just the, his mannerisms and looking and, you know, so I thought he did really well in it. So check it out. Yes. Let us know what you think. Yep. And it is streaming. Netflix. That's yeah, where Netflix. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I know you can rent it too. And rent it. Uh, there is a sequel to it. I've never seen it. Return to the Labyrinth. That must have been the Beam movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it wasn't David Bowie. No, it was not. Um, Who played it? You should know. I don't know. I I didn't even look at that. I just know that it's there. But I know Sarah, the character Sarah, is in it. She's like an adult, if I remember. If any of you have seen this, let us know what your thoughts on Labyrinth are. If you've seen... What'd you think about the bulge? Oh, yes. Everybody, let us know what you thought of that ridiculous bulge. (laughs) Uh, And the cocktail... So yes, the our, cocktail. I could have a few more of those. Just a, a sparkling peach Bellini. I will post pictures on it, and I will um, also put the very simple ingredient list as well. Again, we are so um, happy to be back doing this. And Tony, what is next show's film? Well, we will do Ghost Story, which has an amazing opening scene. Ghost Story of 1981 has some uh, some very classic actors in it. Fred Astaire. Yep. Melvin Douglas. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. That's him. I was like that junior guy. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And a guy that plays twins. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I said. And we will have something to talk about about him as well. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. We're glad to be back. We can't wait to uh, get uh, the next episode out to you. Um, We'll turn it over to announcer guy. And as always, bye-bye. The lounge is a closed. You have been listening to the Absurd Cinema Lounge with your hosts, 
Kara and Tony. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and please review the show. You can write to the ladies of the lounge at absurdcinemalounge at gmail.com. Become a lounger and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Absurd Cinema Lounge. The music for today's episode, Before Chill by Yomadi, and When I Fell for You by Discant. Our featured cocktail recipe was provided by sponies.iga.com. Labyrinth is a Henson Association and Lucasfilm production. No copyright infringement is intended. Be sure to join us for episode 10, where the ladies will discuss Ghost Story from 1981. I'm an announcer guy telling you, I ask for so little. Just fear me, love me, do as I say, and I shall be your slave. The lounge is now closed.